Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. We're going to look at Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now, we're going to look at Thanksgiving throughout this entire passage here. As a matter of fact, I'm starting a two-part series that has to do with thankfulness today. And we're going to see thankfulness in this, implied in some of this. So here are these lepers Outside of the village, Jesus comes close to them. They, they, they get as close as they can to him. And uh, they're, so they're in the proximity of Jesus. Now, Jesus has healed thousands and thousands by this time. This is late in his ministry. I'll talk about that. But I'm just going to say they were thankful that they were in the presence of the Lord. Here's the guy who healed, you know, that other leper colony. And here he is close to us. I think there's some implied thankfulness. I mean, they, they paid attention, right? And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, I would say they were thankful to have a voice to lift up in the first place and, and call on him, Jesus, Master, have mercy. And then when he saw them, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. And, and so he spoke to them, and he gave them some instructions. I would say they were thankful that he acknowledged them and that he said anything to them and that he gave them some instructions. I'll talk about it. But there's thankfulness implied here. And so it was that as they went, notice that as they went, they were cleansed. Now that, that's healed. They were healed. I would say they were thankful for their healing, wouldn't you? And yet, one of them, it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, only one, you would think all ten, only one, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him, that's Jesus, thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, uh, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the other nine. Where's the nine? The, the, the Greek is even more emphatic. It's saying, the nine are where? Like, are you kidding me? They're not here? Where are the nine? And all that's come back to me to return, to, to give glory to God, is this foreigner. And he said to the guy, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. There's a connection between thanksgiving and faith. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18, some people are like, Pastor, I want to know what the will of God is. What's the will of God for my life? It's that, you know, ethereal will of God. What's the will of God? Well, I got the will of God for you right here. In everything, give thanks. So if you're going through a trial, tribulation, sickness, disease, divorce, bankruptcy, doesn't say you have to thank God. Thank God for this bankruptcy. But it says in the middle of it, you can say, thank you, Jesus. I still got a voice. 
You're still on the throne. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I'm starting a two-part series today entitled The Supernatural Power of Thanksgiving. There is a connection between the power of God and thanksgiving, the supernatural power of thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would help me to preach, anoint me to preach, God. Anoint us to hear. Let he that has an ear hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. And we give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In your Bible, the books known as the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they document 37 specific miracles of Jesus. Some are described in great detail. This is one of those. And in chronological order, this is the 32nd one out of the 37. So it lets us know this is at the end of Jesus' ministry. This is with the cross being only weeks away. So Jesus has the pressure of the cross on him, and it's at that time the Bible says he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Again, the wording is very specific here. It's telling us he moved throughout the borderlands that, that separated and connected Samaria and Galilee. The Jews lived in Galilee, and they hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans lived primarily in Samaria and hated the Jews. And they each had their own space and place, and they wanted to stay in it and drift out of it as little as possible. They had drawn lines to keep each other out and keep themselves in. But I love the fact that, that Jesus, they just couldn't keep Jesus out. You know, you just can't keep Jesus out. Jesus crosses lines. He's a border crosser. He has this problem. He thinks he's God, right? He has all access, global entry, universal passport, a universal visa, anywhere, anytime. Donald Trump can't build a wall big enough to keep Jesus out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no place that he can't get. I preached about it a couple weeks ago. You think, wow, Hollywood's a cesspool. There's no way Jesus could get up all in the middle of that. Are you kidding me? Jesus is all up in the middle of Hollywood, touching lives and reaching into hearts. You can't keep him out. Hollywood can't keep him out. You think of other places like some of these access challenge countries. That's what missiologists call them, access challenge countries like the Sudan or Somalia, some of these places. I'm telling you, I preached it a couple of weeks ago. There's no caliphate that's too powerful to keep my Jesus out of it. Jesus is right up in the middle of it. There's a revival going on in the Middle East. You hear what I'm saying. You can't keep Jesus out. Even the politicians of Washington, D.C., you can't keep Jesus out. The gangs of the inner city, you can't keep Jesus out. The cults, the occult, you can't keep Jesus out. Why? Because Jesus is a seeker and a saver. And aren't you glad for it? Because he sought you out and found you and saved you, right? And listen, I'm so glad. I'm a Gentile. I ain't got no room in this house. There's no place for me. But Jesus made a place for me, sought me, found me, brought me in, turned me into his son, son of the living God. My people, not only am I a Gentile, it's worse than that. I'm Caucasian, right? Not only that's worse than that, I, I'm a Cajun redneck. I'm very far removed from what Jesus Christ, the man, the human was. And yet he sought me, he found me, and he found you right where you are. I love 
love that. You can't keep Jesus out. And in our story, it's even more remarkable. Because these ten guys each had mycobacterium leprae. Now, I happen to speak Latin. Perhaps you don't. That's the bacillus. That is the root cause of the disease known as leprosy. And all my vet students say amen, right? You all get the Latin. It's known as leprosy. Today we call it Hansen's disease. I've quoted this before, but it's just remarkable to me. John, John MacArthur notes, leprosy attacks the nerves and skin. It anesthetizes the body so that feeling is lost. It starts becoming visible with a white or pink patch of skin showing up on the forehead, the nose, the ear, the cheek, the chin. The patch then spreads in all directions. and Spongy, tumorous swellings grow all over the face, and they then descend all over the body as the disease becomes systemic. It becomes also involved with the internal organs as well as the skin. Fingers and toes are absorbed into the body, literally uh, absorbed uh, in, in, in because the bacillus is invading the bone marrow and impairing blood supply, causing the bones to shrivel, and the rest of the body just shrivels as well. The skin loses its original color. It becomes thick and glossy, scaly at times. As the sickness progresses, the thickened spots become dirty sores and ulcers because of the poor blood supply. The skin, especially around the eyes and ears, begins to bunch up. It causes these deep furrows and swellings, and, and the face of the leper starts to resemble that of a lion. Yes, a lion. And because of the open sores, it's just dirty and nasty. It emits an unpleasant odor. And the bacillus can destroy the eye, causing blindness, penetrate the teeth, causing them to fall out. The disease even attacks the, the larynx, affecting the leper's voice, making it weak and raspy. And once diagnosed by a priest in the day, the infected person was exiled away from their people outside of their city. They lost everything. They lost their identity. They lost their connections. They lost their society. And they had to form a new one called a colony. They were no longer known primarily as Jews or Samaritans. They were simply known as lepers. And Jesus now, by the time we get to this story, has been ministering for two and a half years or so. And he's healed hundreds of thousands throughout the region. And no doubt these lepers had heard of the miracle power of this Jesus of Nazareth. And he had healed a leper early on, right off the bat in his ministry. And possibly he had healed many more. So when they heard he was passing, they stood afar off and lifted up their voices in unison. And this, this tattered troop, this company of lepers, began to say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I, I just This is amazing to me. Instead of letting their circumstances stop them or silence them, they used their circumstances to push them and propel them in the direction of the Lord so they could petition and call out to Him for help because the Lord was passing by. I love that. We're going to see in this story that Thanksgiving opens doors, one door after another. Thanksgiving starts right where you are. You have to start here. 
you can't jump ahead and start thanking God when you get what you want or what you think you need. You got to start right where you are and start thanking Him. Somebody needs to hear that right now. You don't have to have a perfect fairy tale life to thank the Lord. Thank Him for what you are. Do you have breath in your lungs? Listen, do you have a voice? Thank you, Jesus, right? You got to start right where you are. I got an idea. Somebody needs to hear it. Instead of sitting here today and letting your circumstances stop you and silence you, and why don't you just let that situation be a launching pad for you into the supernatural. I'm talking about the supernatural power of thanksgiving. Start thanking him right where you are just for anything you can think of. If you can't think of nothing else, just say, thank you, Jesus, for the old rugged cross. Thank you, Lord, that I dragged my carcass out of bed and got myself in the house of the Lord. I am thankful, Lord, right where I am. Amen. Now today, right here, let me just go ahead and let you know that we are in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You might not can see Him, but you don't have to see Him. His presence is here. God is spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He is in this house. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. I'm telling you the presence of the Lord is in this house. Here's something you can thank him for. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm in your presence. I deserve to be in hell, but here I am in your presence. I don't deserve any of this, but here I am in your presence. You know how I misbehaved this week, but here I am in your presence. That's something to thank God for. These lepers were in the presence of the Lord, and they were thankful for that. There's supernatural power available in thanksgiving. And one door opens another door. So here they are in the presence of the Lord. They gather together, and with their weakened, distorted, leprous voices, they begin to cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And this is amazing to me. They had lost so much. The leprosy had no doubt attacked their voice box. It's weakened. It's raspy. But, but they cried out together. Instead of letting what they had lost silence them, they took what they had left and called on his name, right? That's right. I can't hardly lift it. But Jesus, Master, Mercy. They took what they, they didn't say, I can't really talk. They said, Jesus, Master, mercy. They took what they had left and they called on the name. And listen, this, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. You can come just as you are. You got to start right where you are. You got to come right where you are, just as you are. You can't come just as I am without uh, one plea but that your precious blood was shed for me. You just got to come to him just like you are. They came with all their missing pieces, all their brokenness, and they began to call, listen, on the name. They said, Jesus. Now listen, that was a blessing in and of itself. Nobody knew that name. You know, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, that wasn't his name. There's a lot of titles and things that 
refer to God. But, but the angel appeared to a virgin girl and said, listen, Mary, listen, you're going to have a son and you will call his name. Wait for it, drum roll. Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. These men, these lepers knew something that was had been concealed for eons, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they called on the name. I want to tell you something. You're even more blessed than that because you know more about what that name represents today than they ever did. That name has been highly exalted. It's a name above every name, and you know it. So why don't you just say, thank you, Lord, that I know the name of Jesus. Most in this world don't, but you're sitting in a house today where Jesus is lifted and the name is proclaimed, and you know the name of Jesus. That's something to be thankful for. Why don't you just say, thank you that I know your name. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Listen, that name is a gift. You know that? It's a gift. The, the, the apostle Peter said, there's no other name under heaven given among men. It is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift, and the name is a gift as well. It's been given, and you have that gift of the name. Say, thank you for the name. Thank you, Jesus. They knew the name. They called on the name. Anthony Butler told me a story like I, they were in the first service. I don't think they're here right now, but listen, you got to hear what I'm saying. Never underestimate a butler. They're like they're quiet, unassuming. Anthony Butler is a beast. This guy runs marathons, triathlons, rides his bike for like, you know, 70 miles. Not his motorcycle, Josh. His bicycle, hoofing it 70 miles, not 70 miles an hour, but he goes for 70 miles, right? And he was telling me this story. He was telling me this story. He said, he said, Pastor, just a couple weeks ago, he said, I was out, I think, on River Road somewhere. And I, and I was like, you were riding on River Road? You be careful, Anthony Butler. <laughs> right? This is not a bike-friendly town, right? And he was riding his bicycle. And he said, I, I was just overwhelmed. I was thinking about some of the situations I was facing. And he said, I, I, I was trying not to fret, but I was fretting. And he said, as I, as I rode my bicycle, he said, I just started shaking my head. And I started screaming out there by myself, Jesus, Jesus. And he said, as I screamed that a few times, he said, all that fret just began to leave me. And I felt the Lord and I knew it's all in his hands. Listen, you don't have to have some kind of theology degree. There's a name above every name. And you're privileged to know it. Just call on the name of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's just calling on the name, Jesus. Come on, somebody say that. Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the name. Thank you for the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's a couple of kinds of power mentioned in the Bible. There's dunamis power and there's exousia power. There's dynamite power and there's authority power. The policeman has the gun. That's dunamis power, explosive power. But he also has the badge, and he stands in traffic and says, Stop! Cars can run over him, but they don't. Why? He's got authority. That badge 
There's power in the name of Jesus. There's a dunamis power, man. He can fix anything instantaneously. And there's authority. Demons shake and tremble. Listen, you're not in this fight alone. You're not in this Christian walk alone. There's another world that's standing on your side. There are angels that are in attention. Say, whatever you say, Lord Jesus, I'll do it. And when you begin to line yourself up with his plans and purposes, you are not in this alone. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And they said, Jesus, master. Wow. That's a reference to his authority. I love that, master. Jesus, master. Not Jesus uh, necessarily savior, savior. They said, Jesus, master. That was a submission to his authority. If you want to sum the Bible up, you can do it in one word, submission. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Then resist the devil, and he flees from you. Why? Because the devil didn't submit. But anyone that submits to God can resist the one who didn't submit to God, and that brings the victory. Amen? You submit yourselves unto God. Submission is so powerful, and that's what they were doing. They are bringing themselves under his lordship. In authority. I'm telling you, that's something that you don't just do in word only. You do it in deed and lifestyle. You say, Lord, you are my Lord. You are my master. Jesus, master. There's something significant, something powerful about submission to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So Jesus, master. And then they played the trump card. Have mercy on us. Just so cool, man. They didn't say, heal us of our leprosy, uh, restore our fortunes, get us back to our families. They said, just mercy will cover it all. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says his mercy uh, is everlasting. The psalmist said that his faithfulness is in the clouds and his mercy is in the heavens. His mercy is more far-reaching than his uh, I mean, and I know he's the same yesterday, and all of it's this, he's eternal in every aspect. But the, 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 what's being communicated there is that his mercy is more far reaching than his judgment, than anything else. Mercy trumps, triumphs over judgment. Mercy, they're calling on the mercy of God. Mercy. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I love that. Some of us just need to throw ourselves to the mercy of God, right? You hear people saying, I throw myself at the mercy of the court. Just throw yourself at the mercy of God. I've done wrong. I admit it. Have mercy on me. They just said, Lord, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. There's something powerful. I think they were thankful that they knew the name. And they were thankful for his mercy. And, and this is cool. We're going we're gonna to dive into this, finish up with this. He responded to them. Jesus, Master Mercy, by giving them instruction. This is so like my God. Because that's not what I would have done. I would have just like said, be healed, you know, healed instantly. And they would look at me and say, thank you. And I'm like, no problem, you know. Just like that. Jesus doesn't do that. He gives them an instruction. 
he says, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, there's revelation in this. It's pretty strong. So they're like, Jesus, Master, mercy, go show yourselves to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. Now, faith's connected to thanksgiving. I think they were thankful to get instruction. First of all, think about this. They've been hanging out of the city limits for a long time. Like, talk about a boring life, meaningless. They don't work jobs. They just sit around. They, they lean on the city to bring them some food. they got to go fetch some water. And so they're like sitting around day after day after day, just literally falling apart. And so they're like, who's going to go fetch the water today? Billy, why don't you go get the water? My hand fell off. Oh, sorry, bud. John, why don't you go get the, the water? Come on now. You know I ain't got no leg. I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> you know, like, I'll go get it, you know. And so, I mean, just I'm just saying, they're, they're, they're out there just miserable lives, wasting away, literally. And Jesus says, I've got a plan for your life. Don't you love the fact that no matter where you are, God can have a plan for your life, starting right where you are. Start right where you are. Listen, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, listen. Tucked away in the book of Leviticus, there, there's 13 and 14. There's, there's some instructions that go along with this. When, when you're healed, you got to go show yourself to the priest, and the priest then will verify it and invite you back into the community. There are certain pro- protocols you got to go through. So he was, he was telling them, you go as if you're healed. They're not healed yet, but you go as if you're healed and show yourselves to the priest. That is a step of faith. I'm going to tell you something, that's the way God works so often, man. It's like, I know it doesn't look like I've done anything, but you start moving in the direction like I have, and watch what happens. Is that cool or what? Come on now. He said, he said y'all go show yourselves to the priest. And like, well, ain't nothing changed. Well, what do we got to lose? It is Jesus after all, right? Don't forget the one you're dealing with, church. Listen to me. Don't forget who he is. When he gives you an instruction, there's a meaning behind it. There's something to it. You start moving in that direction and watch what God does. And so they get up and they start moving. You know, crawling, limping. You know, it's like Toy Story. That old soldier, remember that? Oh, that old mean boy next door got a hold of him and they're all limping and stuff, you know. They're trying to get, you know, Jesus. And it says, as they went, they were healed. Boom. That is powerful. When God gives you an instruction, if you'll move in that direction, you are getting linked to supernatural power. You might not see it. You might not understand it. You don't have to understand it. And that instruction can come like very, very simply like, just a, a, a little a little itch on the inside of your spirit where God's saying, you need to go make it right with that brother. You need to go get right with that sister. It, it could be that you need, to, you need to break ties, that relationship. You need to get away from that person. It, it may be that you need to write that check. It may be that you need to take care of that business. It, it could be this little instruction that you get, and you're like all worried. Just start moving in that direction and watch what God does. It could be just a direct word from the living God. It might be you need to be water baptized in that name above every name. And you're like, but I don't understand. You don't have to understand. Who cares if you understand, right? 
I mean, you need to understand it's according to the word, but you don't have to understand the ins and outs and all the deep ramifications. If he's telling you, be water baptized in the name above every name, you need to get yourself in the water and get baptized in that name above every name. Why? Because he said so. That's the trump card. My kids, right? Why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? Why? Shut up. I told you to. That's why. Brought you in this world. I'll bring you out this world. You do what I said. And we don't say that to our grandbabies. We're like, well, let me explain it to you, sweetie pie. Come sit on Papa's lap. Well, with the kids, you know, we're like, oh, I told you to. I don't want to hear another peep out of you. Well, he said to do some things, and you just do it. You don't have to have the full understanding. Just take him at his word. I mean, you called him master. These lepers called him master, and now he's mastering them, commanding them. You go show yourselves to the priest. Yes, sir. And as they went, Legs. Now listen, I, I've preached this story many years, and I used to preach it like this, that there's only thanksgiving at the end of the story because it says that the Samaritan dude comes back after he's healed and thanks the Lord, and the Lord, the King James says, and he was made whole. Your faith has made you whole. And so the idea was everybody got healed. I don't want to take away a sacred cow, man. I'm fixing to do it, though. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But the, the, the tradition says that everybody got healed and then they didn't come back and thank the Lord. So the one dude comes back, thanks the Lord, and all the pieces that were missing from the leprosy grew back. So because of his thanksgiving, he was made whole. Now that preach is good. I, I was kind of aggravated at the Lord for showing me that I don't think that's what it says anymore. Because that preach is good, and I like to preach that. And so, you know, I'm. it's too bad I got this understanding, right? That's a little joke. The first service didn't get it e either, like, I'm really thankful that I got this understanding, but it did take away a little sermon thing that I like to preach. But, but the idea is this. When it says that as they went, they were healed, that, that's a strong word. It was inside, outside, head to toe, total and complete healing and restoration. As they went, they got everything. The bacillus was taken away, and all the pieces were restored. Their voices came back, and their eyes were open, and their faces quit looking like lions. Everything was healed as they went. Let me just say it again. If you'll do what he's told you to do, you'll be surprised at the changes that take place in your life as you go about doing what he told you to do. Quit fussing and arguing. Just do it, baby. Just do it and watch what happens. But they were totally healed. But it's fascinating to me that only one guy, one guy comes back to give thanks and he was the Samaritan. He comes back to the Jewish rabbi, the Samaritan does. Now they all said, Jesus, Master, mercy. And they did it right like this. Now this guy comes back. And the Bible said, now he's got a full voice. And, and the Bible says that he, he gets down on his knees. It's very, very direct. It's very uh, much detail here. And, and he, he falls on his face at Jesus' feet, and it says he began to worship him and glorify God. 
and give thanks to him for what had just happened. So he's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. I just want to thank you, Jesus, Master, for your mercy. And then it says, King James says, Jesus looked at him and said, where are the nine? I, I, were there ten? Where are the nine? And there's only one here, and it's the Samaritan. It's the guy that doesn't belong here. Who is here? And Jesus looks at him and says, your faith has made you whole. What does that mean? Your faith has made you. He got something the others didn't get. I'll tell you what he got. They went back to life as usual. The best life they had ever experienced was living in their city, just living life, hearing about Jesus, getting an occasional touch from Jesus, but not walking with the master. This old boy, this old boy got something different. He didn't go to Mount Gerizim where his temple was and his religious folks were. No, he started following Jesus. Jesus, Master, Mercy. He bowed the knee. Thanksgiving opened a door to a relationship with Christ that he wouldn't have had otherwise. His life was forever changed. He never went back to the best he had prior to the leprosy. He had a brand new, brand spanking new life walking with Jesus. I want to tell you something. Jesus doesn't want to just pat you on the head occasionally and get you out of jams occasionally. Jesus wants to walk with you and give you a whole new destiny and direction and change the course of your life forever. You do not have to be trapped in the mundane and the average of the best that this world has to offer. Jesus has a plan for your life. Amen? The Bible says of David that he served his generation by the will of God. He had something to do, and he did it in covenant, in league, in relationship with Jesus Christ. The idea is this, this old fella, when he came back and gave thanks, and I feel like I'm looking at some people today, and this is my assignment. Jesus has done some great things for you, and you're like, thank you, Jesus. Appreciate it. But he's not wanting you to leave. He wants you to come back and say, Jesus, Master, I surrender. My future is not my own. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll change everything about my life. My religion can shift and change. Who cares? I am following you. Jesus can take people like that and turn the world upside he can turn your world upside down. Jesus, Master, mercy, thank you. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm not going back to life as usual. He says, boy, your faith has made you whole. I'm going to change your future. Tradition says that old boy's life was changed. He became a follower of Jesus. Your life it's forever changed. Why? You opened a door through thanksgiving. It started where you were, didn't understand. It started as you were thankful for just having a voice and then getting instruction and you just kept following and now you've come back, you got healed and you're still here and I, I can do something through you, son. I can use you. Jesus wants somebody in this room to know I can use you. I can do something through you. I can change the world through you. 
You're like, well, I've lost so much. It doesn't matter. Just start where you are. He'll fix it. He'll restore. My God is able. Amen. I want you to stand with me right now. Hallelujah. I love the fact that these cats, they didn't gripe and complain about the direction they were given. It didn't say they protested and argued, you know. Go show yourself to the priest. Ah, you know what I mean. Like, Jesus, uh, it's great, but we're not allowed into the temple. I don't know if you know this or not, Rabbi, but we're not allowed. They didn't argue and protest. I think there was faith in that. They're like, he said it. He's going to do it. Reminds me of Naaman. Remember in 2 Kings when Naaman, the Syrian general, comes to Elisha? little girl had witnessed to him and said, there's a prophet in Israel. There's a God who knows how to heal. And so he goes to Israel, and he's a Syrian. He's a big-time diplomat, big guy. He brings all kind of gifts and silver and gold and all this stuff, clothes and Armani and whatever. Elisha's like, I don't want it, man. Don't want that. Here's what you need to do. Go dip seven times in the River Jordan. We've been to the River Jordan. River Jordan's nasty, y'all. I'm just going to tell you. You ever been to the River Jordan? Nasty. Flies everywhere. Literally. Where are these flies coming? Like a plague, right? Flies everywhere. Muddy, nasty, dirty. People getting baptized in there. I'm like, good Lord. Like, I've already been baptized in essential oil water, man. You know, like, I ain't getting that. And that prophet's like, you want your healing, boy? Go dip seven times in the River Jordan. He's like, you know, we were just with a guy from Cuba. Told him we lived in Baton Rouge, New Orleans area. And he's like, oh, the Mississippi River. We're like, yeah, the Mississippi River. He's like, you guys go swimming in the Mississippi. I said, you don't know much about the Mississippi River, do you? The answer is No. CB talk, it's negatory, right? That's big negatory. We do not go swimming in a Mississippi. Maybe y'all do. I don't know. Maybe Kelly Brown and his people, y'all go swimming in the Mississippi. I don't know. I don't go swimming in the Mississippi River. This boy thought we might go swimming in the Mississippi River. We don't do alligators, snakes, currents. We just don't do that. Old Naaman's like, man, we, we got Lake Hamilton. You know, we got, uh, we got uh, Lake Superior. We got these lakes and uh, rivers and you telling me I got to go dip seven times in that, that nasty old river? And Elisha's like, you either do it or you don't get your healing. And Gehazi, this, you know, uh, the, 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 not Gehazi, but the general servant said, listen, if he would asked you to do something great, you'd have done it. Why don't you just go do what he said? He goes, and he goes down seven times. Seven times, just like he said. And on the seventh time when he came up, God is healing. These guys didn't protest. They just did. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I said, man. Just do what I said. There's something powerful. You need to be thankful for every word of instruction you get. If it cuts the grain of your religion, if it cuts the grain of your tradition, if it cuts the grain of everybody else's voice, but it's the voice of the Lord, you need to thank God for it. If it makes you stand out, if it fills the room or empties the room, you need to thank God, I've got a word of instruction. 
Because on the other side of that thankful attitude is the supernatural power of the living God wanting to break in, wanting to break into your circumstances. Can you lift your hands to him right now and begin to thank him? Come on, thank him for his presence. Thank him for his name. Thank him for his power. Thank him for his instructions. Thank you, Lord, that it's not the end for me. I'm not at the end of my walk. I am just getting started, Lord. There's more for me. I've walked with you for 30 plus years, but Lord, there's more for me. Continue to speak to me and lead me and guide me and my family, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.